This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right, welcome in. Another week of the opening kickoff is upon us. Thanks for uh, getting up early with us. Mark and Lee and Triple G in the studios of WNSP. Good morning, fine people of the Mobile, Baldwin County area. Thank you very much. I'm yeah. part of, well, I'm not in the city limits. Do I still get Everybody included? but Lee. Good morning. Good morning. Thank <laughs> you very much. So we're a little bit closer to a Laker-Boston uh, best four out of seven. We're that much closer. Lakers prevail. They uh, take on Denver tomorrow. Celtics smashed, routed, whatever word you want to insert. And while Boston and the NBA should celebrate Jason Tatum's incredible game, 51 points, the guy was just incredible. It's the best game seven shooting exhibition we've ever seen or been a part of. At least I was watching it. You'll get another segment of society that is really coming down hard on Joel Embiid, James Harden, and Doc Rivers. And Embiid did not help matters at all when he came out in his press conference. And obviously, emotional, we need help. It can't just be about me and Harden. Well, yes, it can be because Embiid had the worst series of any league MVP postseason. Mark, during the year, he averaged 33 points a game. In the postseason, he averaged 23. The seven-footer was five out of 18 shooting. And again, I don't want to take away from Tatum's game because he was just incredible. Harden was three for 11. And you last week uh, kind of talked about Doc Rivers' record in game sevens. And now his, his, uh, his record, I think, for... Uh, games that decide whether you move on or not is something like 17 and 33 or something like that so who had the who had the worst night though was it those guys or was it clay and Steph on friday night when they got absolutely trashed yeah, by thompson had a horrible they were game. terrible yeah. it was bo- both teams both the warriors and the sixers were awful i would say I didn't see that game. I had fallen asleep, so I can only say I think Embiid because I watched a lot of the Boston game, and then, you know what? I got bored. It was such a wipeout. I think Boston at one point was winning by 28 points in the third. They outscored them like 33-10 to in the third, and and Philadelphia went like six minutes and 20 seconds without a basket. And I'm just saying, I can't. Look, I I thought the Celtics would win game seven at home. They usually do. But to see Philadelphia fold like that when you have – well, Embiid, when you have Harden. You know, and, and the last couple of years, whenever Philadelphia folded, they blamed Ben Simmons. Remember that? Oh, yeah. You know, like, yeah, we got one up. No, nah, they can't blame him now. So who do you blame? And and the other key question is, even though Doc Rivers says he wants to return and coach, will they let him? We saw Milwaukee dump their coach when they got eliminated. We saw Phoenix dump their coach. And now this is uh, an ongoing issue with the Sixers not being able to advance. Will they uh, throw the gauntlet? on uh, Doc Rivers and tell him to take a walk. Well, you guys can jump in on that for sure at 694-1055. Um, you know, it's funny because we talked about how some of, the, some of the games this playoff series have been great and competitive and all that, but, man, when they're not, they're just awful. Now, Jason Tatum was just the man. Now, this is a guy in Game 6 who missed 15 of his first 16 shots, Mark, 
and in the fourth quarter exploded, and they maintained uh, their uh, – they won, and they were able to move on to game seven. But, like, he was 17 out of 28 yesterday and six out of 10 from the three-point line. And I was, I was, you know, trying to come up with storylines. Like, is he the best Duke grad or I say grad Duke player ever to – move on to the NBA. I, there's been so many Duke players that have come out Krzyzewski's system, but is he the best? Um, I think he's only like 25 or 26. You know, I know some may make an argument for Kyrie Irving. He only played like, you know, one year there. Uh, Bob Ferry had some good years, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd be open for debate. You know, Tatum has just been outstanding. And, you know, it used to be, you know, in the NBA, it used to be, well, you can only win if you have three All-Stars. But uh, you put Tatum and Brown together. I think they almost outscored the Philadelphia team yesterday by themselves. Well, Tatum outscored them in the third quarter uh, by himself. And then in the previous game, he outscored them in the fourth quarter by himself. So, uh Dude, dude's been on a tear. You know, I've always been a big Jason Tatum fan. When he was coming out, Mark, and I, I wish I, I don't have the, the thing in front of me when they were drafting, and he, I thought for sure should have gone number one. And I think Philadelphia had the number one. I could be wrong on that. And they took that guard, Fultz, was his name or Folks, out of Fultz. DC, uh, out of Washington, who now is on Orlando and had a very bad career with the Sixers, but has kind of been a decent player for Orlando. And Tatum went third to the Celtics. And I'm thinking, gosh, if Philadelphia – and I and I, there's times in the draft when I'm like, how could you – to me, he looked like a, a can't miss, you know, for number one compared to what was in that draft. But anyway, I, like I said I uh, last week, I, I'm sure the suits are really thrilled now. The possibility of a Laker-Boston – uh, seven game series that now again you got to get past Denver you got to get past Miami another big story is uh, Morant did it again <laughs> Morant what are you thinking Mark tell me I don't you know I'm not familiar with Instagram is Instagram what yeah what what so what or, happens or Insta you know, what, Graham, in, yeah. in, what happens that so that he was in a one of his buddies had a live video. So, like, I could go on Instagram right now and just start broadcasting. And anybody that follows me can, if they're on Instagram at the time, can can be watching. And so, in that live video, he brandished yet a, a, another weapon, right? So, but, but why? Well, because he's... But John Moran, I just don't know. a couple of weeks ago, he said, "Look, I, I've I've got to clean up my act." Uh, you know, he he said all the right things. I'm going to do this. And he did this. for two weeks. For two weeks. <laughs> but I mean, according to what I read, he's dry. Was he driving, singing, and waving a gun? Uh, yeah, he to was. It. He was singing. Uh, he was. There was a there was a song being played. I don't know what the song was. Uh, Some rap song. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. So now they've suspended him during a time where they're not doing anything. Yep. Yeah, they said for all like team activities, like were yeah. they having a birthday party or a beer blast or something? Yeah, I, I don't know. But dude's getting suspended, and team's not even. I mean, M for, maybe for he what? Spent uh, longer than ninety six hours at that rehab facility in Florida. Yeah, maybe he needed to give it an another twenty four. Yeah, maybe maybe that that. Uh, bare minimum just didn't get it done but yeah it's it's ridiculous the whole thing and it really just shows you 
you know, it's rare in those situations where you get anybody that actually is authentic and, you know, when they get into the media room and they start releasing statements, it's all a PR machine and it's it's all just this big game everybody's playing. So the question is, what do they do or how does does he overcome this? Look, wasn't he the one and I can't remember. Help me out, Nick. Wasn't uh, when they when Nike dropped Kyrie. Yeah, they replaced him with Jaw. Didn't they replace him with Jaw? So now I'm wondering, does Nike drop Morant now? They have to. Because this seems... This seems... As, maybe I won't say more serious, but it's in the same ballpark, well, right? Especially it's like, you know, you get a warning one time, and if that's the first time you ever did it, it's like, oh, maybe it's just kind of random. But once you get the warning and then the big, you know, one-on-one interview with Jalen Rose about how you've changed and all that, and then you do it again. Yeah. I saw that they said that they were going to give them a pr- – they're basically going to uh, throw the book at him on this one because Adam Silver doesn't play with this kind of stuff, and he's back doing it again. So he's going to miss some games for sure. And so the account in which the video – appeared on was that a public account or was that a private account because i i I heard that morant's account was private it it wasn't yeah it was his friend's account right so public and then if you watch the video the guy's recording and then it's like john morant sees the camera and then pulls the gun out and then his friend like tries to almost like turn the camera away just like he's asking for it yeah I don't, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for John Morant right now. That's for sure. I'm, I'm not sure most people do, but uh, you know, we do the news of the weird and news of the idiots or whatever. That's, I mean, it doesn't get much dumber than that, Lee. I mean, no, it, it really doesn't. doesn't. Uh, you know, I, I just have I mean, high I don't hope. I had really high hopes for him too, and I was a big fan of his. But I tell you what, and I wonder if some, as you mentioned, Nike and maybe some of the other sponsors may drop him. Let's uh, we got an early phone call. Let's go back to the phones at six nine four one zero five five. Welcome to WNSP. Happy Monday. Hey guys, regarding this John Morant thing, I'm a little bit ignorant on it. Um, I know he's had a had an issue with a gun in the past, but what what is the problem here? Is it is it a league stance or is it? He's not a felon in possession of a firearm. So what? What is the? I, is it an image thing with the league? Why? Yeah. Why is there a? I think that's, a backlash or a big deal about him brandishing a gun in a video. I think the league. Uh, I think you hit it right on the head there. It's a, it's a league issue. They're going to investigate. Uh, it's an image thing. You know, he hasn't been arrested for it. He hasn't been, you know, hauled off because of it. But it's, I think it's, and it could very well be a team thing too, but I think it's more a league thing than anything. I just, you know, that's just interesting because any, I think any other situation or somebody that hasn't drawn the heat that he has maybe with bucking that image, um, you know, you don't see too many people, you know, chomping on chipper for going duck hunting you know and, and showing on a live hunting show or anything like that i, I was just curious as if there was if there's a league policy in place because only a firearm is perfectly legal unless you're prohibited by either you know some state law or felon in possession so i'm just curious as if that's what that was and i appreciate your time guys thank you thank you for the call my best guess it's a league thing and they're looking into it and it's an image thing with the league well it's a uh when he was saying Chipper Jones going duck hunting, it's a little bit of a different flex, even though I guess they're technically holding up the same object. Um, 
I think I don't know the um according to the NBA's uh collective bargain agreement, players are banned from firearms. Um when when present at a team or NBA function or traveling with the team. So in the first instance, I think they were on the road when he flashed the gun, which right. would indicate not only did he have a gun with him, he traveled with the team uh, with the gun. So it's it's completely against league rules, and it's, of course, very much a PR issue. But, I mean, dude just basically violated a whole bunch of CBA rules. And yeah. now he's... And, and, you know, in this in society today where you can't go like a week without some kind of mass shooting or tragedies and things like that. Obviously the league is trying to distance themselves away from that type of uh, uh, gunplay and so forth. Not that Morant did anything like that, but again, the way things are going in society with all the concern over guns and things like that. So, you know, I understand, you know, they're trying to uphold an image and, you know, obviously uh, Morant's not the only player in the NBA who carries a weapon around. I'm sure most of them do, especially uh, to protect themselves because, uh, you know, we've been reading instances of robbery and things like that. So it's just the way he's going about it. And, you know, that's that's basically what it is. He hasn't been arrested. He hasn't been charged Uh, legally. He's fine. Who was it? There was somebody that posted on Twitter, Instagram. I think it was a um, it was an NFL player was basically saying the same thing. Like, dude, what are you doing? Like, we everybody's why why are you waving your gun around? We all, everybody carries guns around. Right. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Like, but like your bro was out there skeet shooting or something with his homie. Just yeah, out on the range. I don't think we there'd be a big issue. But Just when you're waving holster. it around in the car to NBA young boy, yeah, it's a little bit of a different connotation. All right, so uh, we get to that and much more. We'll continue on that if you want to jump in. Uh, today, we're going to talk some NBA with Bob Rathman. That's at 6.30. Boyd Nation on college baseball at 7 o'clock. The Daphne soccer coach, Heath Burt, state champs. we got two blue maps back here. we got that and Bayside boys. So Bayside boys and Daphne boys, congratulations. Also, uh, Spanish Fort baseball coach J.D. Pruitt at 8 and Austin Hannon of Alabama Central on Alabama baseball at 830. Uh, here comes your scoreboard traffic and weather. Uh, I need, I got an unofficial poll question for you today. I was involved with, uh, I was rear-ended on Friday. It is now I have never been in an accident. I've now been rear-ended twice in three months. But it's what happened before the cops got there. I need your feedback on. I'll explain when we come back. To say it was sketch or shady or whatever word you want to use. Was he flashing that John Moran at you? No, no, no. But we'll explain next. Hey, this is Ladarius Owens, former Auburn football player and current CFL player. You're listening to WNSP. Thanks for hanging with us. Uh, we appreciate it. It's the opening kickoff. Uh, by the way, uh, voting continues for nappies. Go to votenappies.com. We're up for uh, three nappies here on the opening kickoff. I think there's five or six the station are up for. So your vote is always welcomed and certainly uh, appreciated. So here's what happened to me on Friday. My weekend started off with a bang. So uh, we're just riding along. We come to a red light. We stop. We're just kind of sitting around and, you know, 
20 seconds later, we got popped from behind pretty good, rear-ended. Um, you know, you think about all the things you could have done to avoid that if you'd gone a different way or done something different, right? So, I, like I said, going into the break, I've been fortunate, knock on wood, never been in an accident. I've now been rear-ended twice in the last three months, okay? I was out in Westmobile on Friday. So, you know, I get out, and it's some kid who talked about it. He was really sorry. He was, you know, foot slipped off the brake or whatever. He was on the phone, whatever excuse it was. Uh, you know, I'm doing my dad thing, trying not to lose my stuff on this kid, right? So we call the cops. He said his mom, he was on the phone with his mom. His mom was coming, whatever. So we pull into the gas station right there. And uh, I thought it was his mom who pulled into the drive or into the gas station. It was not. It was a, it was a buddy of his. And uh, there was like two of them. And all of a sudden we see them taking something out of his back seat and putting it into his buddy's car. And then that car left. Was that your game plan for basketball this weekend? And so I'm just wondering what a fit, the unofficial poll question is what could it have been that have, uh, uh, that, that 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 was removed from the back seat of was the car? Ice cream that was melting. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, he might have been going to his friend's house. Maybe they were going to play Xbox or something. He was like, hey, man, I'm going to be here a minute. Go ahead and come pick it up. The Xbox. <laughs> yeah. He was bringing the Xbox from his place to... I mean, I didn't say anything. Maybe I, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't need to. I didn't need to get involved. Maybe he was baking a casserole for his friend's mom on Mother's Day. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm actually not going to make it to Miss Miss Johnson. Yeah. So just take this for me. Bring this to Miss Patty. Tell her I said <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're all looking at each other like, uh, what do we do? And um, we decided we did nothing. Could have told the police. Well, what what? And, and do what? And what would just they have done? That's got Miss Patty's casserole or no, got the Xbox no, out of the other just, car? That's just putting it on their shoulders to find out. I figured I'd need the, the kid or the family, who I just gave my information to, I might add. Uh, how old were they? You said they were high school kids? Uh, he could have been in high school. He could have been of high school age, yes. Mm. It like wouldn't like a person on TV that would play a high school kid. Like a little old. Yes. Movie. Okay. Yes. I see. Uh, so I was just uh, unofficially, I'm just curious, what unofficial poll, what could possibly have been? Well, at least they had insurance. And it looked like it was fairly small. It could have been a casserole dish. I mean, it wasn't like a case of beer or like a fifth of vodka or anything like that. I'm not, but it could have been a number of things. And I'm just asking. Because I'm kind of dumb to these things. What does one carry in the backseat that would require you to move it from one car to another? You know, if you were to be held up and potentially other people might have been near the car that you wouldn't want near the car. Well, I have one idea, but the fact that you're saying it was in a casserole dish. I'm saying it could have been. Yeah. It makes me believe that it might have been a casserole. I mean, it's Mother's Day. We were just getting back from dinner. Maybe they were having dinner. I'm saying you got to put all the, you know, you, you got to get in the fridge. Yeah. By the way, everybody was okay. My car doesn't look great, but. Tatum. 
632, welcome back in. The opening kickoff continues. Hope you and yours had a happy uh, Mother's Day. We're always uh, willing to accept nominations for biggest uh, Mother's Day successes or Mother's Day fails. If you want to jump in on that, you can hit us up in the app at WNSP.com. We encourage you to listen uh, wherever you are by downloading the Sound of Mobile app as well. The uh, NBA uh, finals, uh, conference finals, to get underway tomorrow with the Lakers at Denver. And then on Wednesday, the Miami Heat, the eighth seed, taking on the uh, Boston Celtics. So, you know, in, in any type of sporting event, there's always, well, okay, let, we could focus on the guy who had the brilliant game, which is Jason Tatum, had an incredible game, 51 points, and uh, just couldn't even miss. The three-pointers were coming from all angles. In fact, the Celtics, shooting-wise, had an excellent shooting game. Tough to beat Boston at their home court, or as the narrative is now with most, the failures of Philadelphia's MVP, Joel Embiid, and James Harden, and of course the rocky road of Doc Rivers for Game 7s and or closeout games. Yeah, so Take your choice as to uh, what you want to pinpoint. But uh, Joel Embiid did not win many friends over with his post-game uh, comments about, quote, we need help. It can't be about Harden and me. When the guy went out and shot five out of 18. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't like Embiid's comments, but I do think it's probably, uh, I think it's, I think when you lose like you did, I think it's more about the team that didn't perform well. If this were a closer game and Tatum hit 51, then I think we're talking about how great Tatum is. And that's not saying that there isn't that narrative out there. I'm saying if you had to pick one or the other, I generally think, like when the Lakers beat the Warriors on Friday, it was about the Warriors and their inability to shoot. Like they were terrible. And I'd say the same about the Sixers. I think when you lose, when it's a blowout, I think you talk about the guys that didn't perform well. I think in a close game and a guy goes off for 50, I think you're talking about how great that guy is. Generally speaking, I think there are going to be some, um, there are going to be some exceptions to that. But I, I, I think the criticism is fair, and I think for guys who generally talk, uh, we talk about how great they are, uh, when they don't have bad games, when they do not take responsibility for those bad games, I think that's poor form. And I like Joel Embiid. Uh, I think uh, it's been reported that he had a really uh, nice talk with Tatum after the game and all that. I think generally he says all the right things. I think he was a little off here. I think it, it's, it seemed a little defensive. Um, just throw yourself on the grenade. And if the 76ers had won game six, you'd probably be saying the opposite because Tatum missed, what, 15 of his first 16 shots. And if somehow the Sixers had won that game, then we'd probably be saying, you know, something else. But history shows, again, the Sixers' failure to win those uh, closeout games. And I, like I said, we're a step closer, hopefully, to a Boston Laker NBA Finals. That's what you're look. That's what you're hoping for. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. And it has nothing to do with Denver, nothing to do with Miami. I give them a lot of credit, especially the Miami Heat for what they have done. But you know what? This narrative. By the way, I, I we're we're hoping to get Bob Rathman on the voice of the Hawks to get his take on the two. But I did get to watch Air this week. Thank goodness Prime Video put it up there, and I really, really enjoyed it. Bob's on? Okay, we talk about that later. Bob, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Hey, hey, fellas. I'm doing good. How are y'all? Wonderful. Um, 
the the game yesterday, the Celtics, the 76ers, do you point to Tatum for the great game he had or to the failures of Embiid and Harden and the fact that Doc Rivers does not have a very good record in Game 7s? Well, I, a little bit of both, I think. Um, I mean, Tatum had a game for the ages, as I'm sure you all have discussed this morning, the point total in a Game 7, et cetera. But isn't it funny that Philadelphia had them dead to rights Friday night and couldn't close the deal at home? To me, that was the bigger story, that Tatum is 1 for 14, can't hit anything, and then all of a sudden does hit the big shots late Friday, but they still, Philadelphia should have won that basketball game, and we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Um, I, I am astounded, not so much at Embiid, but at James Harden. How many years, guys, have we watched him implode in playoff games? I was just looking up the stats before you guys called. He's played 160 playoff games in his career. He's shooting 33% from three-point land in those 160 games. And uh, his last two against the Celtics, he was a minus 40 on the floor. I mean, yeah, you're paying this guy a, a zillion dollars. He's supposed to be the guy that's there to give you a little balance to Embiid's inside game. And he just doesn't come through time after time after time. Bob, let's, uh, I wanted to get your preview of the uh, conference finals. Let's go with the Lakers versus Denver. How do you see this one playing out? I like Denver, and I think the last time I was with you, uh, professed that love publicly. I, I think they are very hard to beat in Denver at altitude, and I think the Lakers will find that out just like Phoenix did uh, last week. These guys are good. They are very difficult at home. You might be able to get them in L.A. a, a time or two, but I think Denver's a quality team, fellas. I think they got all the pieces uh, now that they're healthy. You know, They haven't had all these guys the last two years in the playoffs, but they've got them now. And I think they match up pretty well. I think the one key to the to the series to look for is how will Denver defend Anthony Davis? If they're going to put Jokic on him in single coverage, you know, just how are they going to play that? Because AD is going to be a handful for anybody and certainly going to be a handful for Jokic. But overall, I think Denver's got a little bit more to throw at the Lakers uh, than the other way around. So I'm, I'm going to go with Denver in seven. I think Miami's only the second eight seed ever to make it to a conference finals. They've got Boston. How does this play out? Well, clearly Boston is the better team, Lee. I, I don't think there's much doubt about that, particularly as wounded uh, as, the, uh, as the Heat are. Tyler Hero has been such a key player for them, uh, and they haven't had him practically the entire playoffs that's practically 20 points a game you know coming either as a starter or coming off your bench that's a big loss especially against a team like boston where you've got to put points on the board that said do not underestimate the miami heat i think jimmy butler uh is as good a playoff player in the field as anybody um his toughness his will to win his leadership the way that the guys in Miami rally around him uh, come playoff time, really, there's there's nothing quite like it. Uh, maybe uh, LeBron in a way, but I, I see 
LeBron kind of slowing down a little bit in these playoffs. He's deferring more than I think I've ever seen him in the playoffs. So don't underestimate Miami. I think you have to go with Boston just because they're flat out the better team, top to bottom. But Miami's on a run. I mean, I can't believe, fellas, we went down there and kicked their butt in the play-in. And then two nights later, they're fighting for their lives just to get into the playoffs. They're down with three minutes to go against Chicago, and they were not even going to make the field. But here they are in the Eastern Conference Finals. All credit to Jimmy and to Coach Eric Spolster, who is absolutely amazing. He really is. So there's always been this talk in the NBA, you have to have three all-stars. You can't win without them. You look at Miami, they don't have that many. Boston, I think, no. I'd say has two. Uh, is that out the window now that you can still win without having three all-stars? Yeah, it's still a team game. I don't think that's necessary. Um, never thought it was necessary. It got popular when a couple of teams that did have three megastars uh, go on to win, like Miami did when they when they put uh, LeBron with Wade and Bosh. But it, this new CBA, fellas, that's coming over the summer is going to severely prohibit that from even being a realistic possibility in the future. There's just no way teams are going to be able to afford three mega salaries uh, for guys going forward. Uh, a lot of teams that already are successful, uh, Phoenix, Milwaukee, etc., they're going to have a hard time keeping these teams together because the, the, the apron to pay tax and double taxation and with that second apron is just going to be really too much that teams are going to have to unload some talent rather than take on a third superstar. Bob, what do you think the Hawks will do in the offseason as far as any changes? Well, we're going to make some. I don't know exactly what, what they have in mind yet, guys. Um, I, I think the the big thing is for Quinn right now to get his staff together. Um, that is first and foremost. He's got to get his assistant coaches lined up, and then have that, the talk, where they all sit down and they say, okay, when you saw the last 20, 30 games, counting the playoffs, what did you see? Who do you like? Who do you want to keep? Who fits? Who doesn't? Who can we move? Who can we not move? Etc. I'm not sure they've had that talk yet. It may be a little premature. This is the week of the combine. We have our 15th and 46th picks in the draft. That might go into their thinking as well, uh, trade it, move it, select somebody, et cetera. So I think they're coming to the, to the point where they're having the talk of how do we best go forward. But I don't think, to answer your question, I don't think they can run it back with the same group that they had. This is pretty much a 500 team as currently constituted. They're going to, I think, feel the pressure to make some changes more than anything. It's always good to hear from you, Bob. I appreciate you joining us. Have a great week. Thanks. Well, thank you, guys. It's always a good uh, a good way to start the week with you, fellas. Well, you started off our morning. I do appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> you bet, guys. Appreciate it. That's uh, Bob Rathman, the voice of the Hawks. So as I started to say, oh, you got something going? No, I, go I ahead. I, I want to hear your take on uh, on air here. Oh, I loved it. I did. And I, I, I will say this. Okay. As you know, we're babysitting a dog, right? I do. Your dog sitting, as they yeah, say. Yeah, my wife's away this weekend. So she asked me, how was the dog this weekend? I said, you know, we had no problems, except I knew air was on. I 
was going to watch it Saturday night, no interference, right? Six times in the first 30 minutes, that dog went into his, I need to go out. So here I am, up and down, open the door, get him. But no, I really enjoyed it. We're gonna, I'm gonna watch it again today because my wife wants to see it. And you know, I'm certainly familiar with, with Sonny Vaccaro and so forth. And what's really intrigued me now, they didn't, they didn't show at the end that you know Nike eventually fired him and he went to work for Adidas and the impact he had on LeBron James. This guy has been associated. I don't know how, why, and where he became such an impactful person with AAU basketball and everything, but my gosh, he's, he's really an interesting character. I, I really enjoyed it, even though I knew the story. I just thought the acting was really good. Did you get a chance to see it? I did. What did you think? Oh, I loved it. We went and saw it uh, when I was, uh, we took a little vacation. I you did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I watched it over the weekend again. Second time I watched it, it probably got a little long, uh, but uh, it's got a great cast. Uh, Justin Bateman uh, is, uh, or Jason Bateman is fantastic, and Matt Damon steals every scene he's in. Uh, now, I like, did you see it, Nick? Have you seen Air? Yeah, I watched it last night. What'd you think? I thought it was exactly like I expected it to be. So, not, so, is that a good thing or a bad thing? It was a movie about Nike signing Michael Jordan with a lot of good actors, and it was written well. I mean, there wasn't anything that surprised me where I was like, whoa, now that's different. It was pretty pretty paint by numbers, but it was good. I think the important to me, how much of it was true. And according to, as I Googled, according to Sonny Vaccaro, 80% of it was true. And then, of course, they glorified some of the other things. He didn't go into specifics. But he said they, they did some things that, you know, obviously went more Hollywoodish than actually happened. But 80 percent's pretty thick. I thought the interaction, the argument with the agent over the phone was probably the highlight for me. Like when Who they played Falk. Um, I was trying to I couldn't I never looked it up and I was going to. Because he was, he was good. And that, that sequence at the end after he sells his company for $100 million, eating alone, no friends. Chris Messina is, was David Falk. All right, I, don't, I don't know him. But then as I'm <laughs> reading LeBron, the book LeBron, I'm into the chapters now about Sonny Vaccaro. They tried to get him involved with LeBron as a sophomore and getting him to his famous camp and everything, which they eventually did. And I'm, I was like, you, you heard in the movie Air where uh, Vaccaro, played by uh, Damon, just t talked about him being a generational talent. You'd never, I'll never see anything like this. But in the book by Jeff Benedict on LeBron, uh, Sonny Vaccaro finally, finally uh, went to see LeBron in an AAU, AAU game out in California. And LeBron was just a sophomore coming off another championship. He knew nothing about him. He left in the third, I guess the second half. And he left and told, and then he got on the phone and said, I've never seen anybody quite like this before. He's the greatest I've ever seen. Well, the whole scene about uh, Martin Luther King's speech and all that apparently is all factual. That actually happened, which I thought was really fascinating. I had read about that before with George Raveling. Yeah. George Raveling, uh, and according to the movie, had a lot to do with uh, Jordan signing with Nike and I really enjoyed the uh, the t back and forth between Vaccaro and Jordan's mother. 
uh, Viola Davis in this case. And as you pointed out, some very, very good acting. So I just couldn't believe Prime put it on so fast. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. I, I didn't. I'm curious to hear what you guys thought. I um, think they could have uh, maybe trimmed like 10 minutes off it. You get it to where now it's like that hour and a half, hour 40 long movie to where it's just super quick and you can watch it, rewatch it all the time. Yeah. There was a little too much of that. Let's wait and see. Let's wait and see what they're going to decide. There's probably one too many scenes with him and Ben Affleck kind of going at it about what they're trying to accomplish. Right. Um, maybe the part with uh, Bateman and the daughter and like how they were trying to trying to convey to the, the 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 audience about the gravity of what Sonny Vaccaro was doing and how many people it impacted. Like, I think we we yeah. got all that and they kind of extended that. But right. I thought it was cool when they made the shoe and they were talking about it needed more red and they were going to pay the fine. And yeah, I mean, it was really it was really it was awkward when they gave the presentation and everybody flubbed it like everybody just yeah. kind of screwed the pooch on that except Vaccaro. I mean, I'm curious to see how much of that. I mean, it just was like it was a two-hour movie about a business deal, and like the fact that it's about basketball and shoes is what makes it interesting, right? But if, if it was about like you know sponsor any other sport and any other product, or if it had any other actors, right? If it right, had like yeah, no-name actors sure. who were really good, but you just didn't yeah. know them, like if Ben Affleck and Matt Damon weren't in this movie, yeah, we'd it, it wouldn't have been nearly as good. That's right. That's right. I mean, I give it a seven out of ten. And uh, Chris Tucker, and I thought it was terrible, but it was kind of funny. So when they come in, he was just like his his voice got all high pitched, and he was whispering, "Mr. Jordan, Mrs. Jordan, how y'all doing? It's good to see you." Like I just thought, like, oh, this is cringe. The Chris Tucker impressions at <laughs> six fifty in the morning. It was just cringe. It was just cringe. Someone in the app said it was a sad moment. However, when his kind dad was on the screen, right? So you kind of know. Um, yeah, because we all know the history. So you see the dad, and he's so super nice when he walks up to the the uh, the house, and he's smiling right. during the presentation. Um, what, what did you think about them and how they did Michael Jordan? And, like, how you just see, like, his silhouette, and he's yeah he's in the back of his head, and uh, you don't really hear him talk. I mean, I, I think they were just trying to make it about the deal, right? So they didn't yeah. really want to make it about Jordan as much as they wanted to make it about the deal. So I, I guess I didn't really have a problem with that. Um, I didn't either. I didn't. It didn't bother me at all. It was more about his mom that, and that the whole storyline was that's the way you get it done. And he was Sonny was told that you, you go to the parents, you go to the mom. That's I thought Falk. I thought Falk was really good. Uh, I I thought that whole thing. Stole, stole the. Uh, I think I liked uh, Ben Affleck's character the best is Phil Knight, but I read like the whole book about Phil Knight, so I know all about his like weird hippy dippy Buddhist yeah travels and whatnot. So it was interesting to see them, you know, put that in the film. And then there's that whole '80s kind of reference stuff that people I think, right, like him in those sh jogging Charles, Charles Barkley on TV that'll yeah. never work. Yeah, that that was, but. Did y'all notice uh, Jay Moore? He was the Adidas attorney. Um, Jay Moore uh, was, what was his name? Was his name Bob Sugar and uh, Jerry Maguire? Let's just say he's twice the man he used to be. I was like, dang, dude. But he was, uh, 
He had a little bit role in it. Anyway, let's take a break. We got to take a break uh, and come back with, uh, we'll wrap up hour number one. You guys can jump in. Um, my un unofficial poll, I'll, I'll re, uh, reintroduce. Casserole, brownies seem to be the leading, leading, uh, oh, uh, leading vote getters. Want to hear from you guys on Mother Day wins yesterday and maybe Mother's Day fails. If there were any of those, we want to hear about that as well. Boyd Nation will join us at 7 o'clock to talk some college baseball, but we can talk to you next right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Hello, Mobile. This is Damian Craig, and I'm listening to Sports Station WNSP. And he sends a high fly ball into center. Siri right in front of the wall is going to make the catch, and the Rays win it. Judge, a fly ball to center, couple steps from the wall. All right, it's 6.58. Real short segment here went long on air. But, uh, hey, guys, being that it's Monday and all, and you probably don't want to drag your butt into work, maybe you're close to retirement. Maybe Mondays are another sign that you need to re be rethinking about that. Uh, if you're 65 within a year of retirement, call uh, our guy Aiden Marks over at Medicare Insurance Advisors. First of all, let me say this. There's never a fee for a service. But I've, as I've explained, Medicare Insurance Advisors, they're an independent Medicare insurance and dental insurance firm. Um, they're locally owned and they're community driven. They work, you know, I tell you, they work with a bunch of different uh, uh, carriers, right? So that includes Medicare Advantage, Medicare Supplement, Medicare Part D, and others. And um, they're not just about your one-time enrollment. They're about being there every step of the way. So you're going to have a lot of questions, uh, and everybody's situation is different based on uh, what type of health insurance you have, uh, your age, how much work, whether or not you still, um, you're still working, whether you have VA benefits, whatever the deal. Aiden Marks can get you through uh, those tough questions. He's local, he's knowledgeable, and he has a physical location. Go, go see him. Highway 98 across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet and Daphne he has his own office. Uh, he can come to you. Call him. 463-0031. That's 463-0031. Aiden Marks, Medicare Insurance Advisors. Alright, coming up in hour number two. Boyd Nation, Daphne Soccer Coach, Heath Burt on their state championship. We'll do our Miller Lite golf report as well. Lee's got some Chick-fil-A for you. That's all coming up in hour number two. I got to reintroduce our uh, unofficial poll question of the day. Saw some shadiness going on. My family and I got rear-ended on Friday. The car we got rear-ended with had somebody come up, show up, a buddy. They removed something from the back seat before the cops got there to do the police report. What do you think that something was? Our number two is on the way. It's the opening kickoff. On the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. 
the opening kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Hour number two is upon us. Thanks for hanging out with us here on this Monday edition. Mark, Lee, Triple G, and we're in the studios of WNSP. All right, some of the headlines. The uh, Boston Celtics with a smashing win over Philadelphia in Game 7. Poised to take on Miami on Wednesday for the Eastern Conference Finals. Jason Tatum set an NBA Game 7 record with 51 points. The MVP of the league, Joel Embiid, uh, did not fare as well. Uh, he shot just 5 out of 18 and uh, was not a factor at all. And James Harden didn't help out either, hitting just 3 out of 11. And so the Lakers tomorrow night against Denver and Miami and the Celtics, uh, four teams remaining. Meanwhile, uh, we got some uh, more problems for Jay Morant, suspended as the league investigates another gun incident. Uh, former Auburn quarterback T.J. Finley has transferred to Texas State. <laughs> it's, I wonder how much research he did. He's going to have to battle an Arkansas transfer, Malik Hornsby, uh, for the starting position. And Alabama added some more depth to the backfield with the transfer of UAB's Jalen Coy. Becomes the second defensive back to transfer in the uh, past week. So those uh, are some of the headlines. Um, are we? Are you guys cheering for TJ Finley at this point? I don't. I mean, I'm do, not wait, cheering one way or another. I mean, you keep moving around like this; it's hard to keep up. But I noticed when he transfers to Texas State that uh, a very Back when this Hornsby was supposed to be, uh, you know, another one of these big-time quarterbacks to Arkansas, and he didn't win the job, so he's also at Texas State. So he's got competition there also. Uh, you guys can jump in at 694-1055. Uh, you might need to check your uh, your number there, uh, Mr. Shervanian. So we've been talking about a couple of different things here during the course of our day. Obviously, John ja Morant, uh, man <laughs> – they suspended John Moran at a time where the teams aren't doing anything. I mean, I'm not sure what what the right punishment is when, like, you're not at work. But he's not really being punished, so I don't really understand it. Um, and any, any goodwill that he might have built up in the aftermath of the first gun incident is completely and totally gone. Uh, and at some point, he's his his career is just going to absolutely self-destruct uh we talked a lot about it in hour number one there's just no way around i mean you can't go on and say the things that you said uh and 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 then come back and do something that completely undoes it all i mean he clearly was just putting on a show in the aftermath of the first incident everything he said everything that was written for him everything he went on the air and on the record to say complete bs as soon as a buddy goes on Instagram Live and, there's, and, and shows him, he flashes a gun. But there's going to be somebody that gives him a chance somewhere. We'll give him another chance because he's that talented. Well, Memphis, I think, will probably stay with him. Uh, the NBA, obviously, is not too happy about this. All right, uh, let's move on now. Uh, Boyd Nation, uh, many are familiar with Boyd's World. It's the uh, pseudo-RPIs as we look to the uh, college baseball, uh, the regionals. Uh, they'll be announcing this, uh, well, in a couple of weeks. you got more, one more regular season to go, and then you got the conference tournaments, and then the bids come out. And right now, uh, this past weekend, Auburn took three straight from Ole Miss. Uh, Alabama took two out of three 
from uh, Texas A&M. Boyd, I want to welcome you to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Good morning. Doing great. So as we look ahead to the regions, is this going to be dominated by the SEC? Well, probably. Um, not to uh, be too short about that, but it's just been an absolutely remarkable year for the conference. Uh, you look at it right now, and we're looking at something like six out of the top eight, I think it is, in the RPI that are SEC teams. And um, just overall, it's, it's uh, unless the committee decides that it's so off normal that something must be wrong with the ratings, which doesn't appear to be the case, um, I, I don't see any way that it's not possibly up to even 11 SEC teams in the regionals and uh, at least six of them possibly hosting um, at the super regional level if they get there, which is just going to be unprecedented. So despite the firing of the head coach at Alabama and all that came down, is it a, almost a shoe in that Alabama's going to get in? Yeah, I think so. Um, they're, they're sitting solidly comfortable by every measure on the field and it's unusual for the committee to um, not put a team in that looks like them right now. Now, this is an unusual situation. Uh, there could be some messaging going on around the gambling problems and everything, but there's no indication that the, the players had anything to do with that at this point. So I, I'm bringing tea leaves here. Obviously, this isn't really analytical, but um, it, it looks to me like uh, they are on solid ground, I think, going forward. Boyd, what about Auburn, their baseball team? Auburn's been on fire here lately. Um, just had a really good last month or so. Um, so yeah, with that in mind, I, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure that they make it up to um, hosting a super at this point. That they're, they're kind of in the in the crowd overall. Um, might I, I would guess right now that they're probably hosting a regional, but they're they're sitting at number 23 in the RPI, which is a little low for that. Um, part of that is projecting forward that if they keep this up through the next couple of weeks, I think they climb on up and, and get to that position. Um, at this point, you're looking at kind of how do you look relative to the other SEC teams almost that you're, you're have a separate internal competition with them um, because, you know, the committee may say, okay, look, seven SEC teams hosting is enough or something like that, um, in which case, yeah, they would have probably need to pass Batman or pass Dan, pass Tennessee maybe to get to um, the host overall. But uh, I think that uh, there's a reasonable chance at this point that they do that. Just everything seems to be clicking well for them. I think the real surprise this year, with all the success of the SEC, we're talking to Boyd Nation and Boyd's World, what about the two schools from Mississippi, Ole Miss and Mississippi State? There's a really good chance, right, that they may not even get in? It would be very hard for I – mean, Ole Miss is basically done at this point, and MSU would have to have the – the forces of uh, everything line up for them, I think, because they're, they're only sitting one game behind Missouri for the last spot, but the problem is that they lose the tiebreaker. So with, with one series left, they've kind of got to, you know, leapfrog Missouri entirely to um, to get in. So, and, yeah, and, and I, both of them kind of had, had, had the surf line up perfectly to um, – you know, to win to win the title, um, MSU, you know, pretty much cleaned out the covers after that year, uh, talent-wise, and then had some pitching injury problems on top of that that have added to it. And then the Ole Miss team that won was a really good postseason team and had a nice run there, but wasn't that strong in the regular season last year either. So, um, yeah, it's disappointing, but it's not shocking. And there's also the fact that somebody's got to lose SEC games. You know, you look at the RPI, and both of them are sitting, you know, 
those lump sum guys anyway. They're not good enough to qualify for an at-large bid if they were in a different conference, but these are not bad teams at all in an absolute sense. Just like I said, somebody's got to lose these games. Um, you know, MSU went down to um, Baton Rouge and, and took two this weekend. So um, overall, it's just a unlucky combination of things, but um, I, I, you know, it won't last forever, but um, that's uh, kind of where they're sitting right now. You know, as I look at your uh, pseudo-RPIs, you got Wake Forest at number one. They are the only Division One baseball program single-digit single losses. They're 42-7. and seven. You have them listed here. How good are they? Uh, I think extremely good. Um, they've been – they kind of snuck up on folks because no, no, nobody – you know, it, it had been 20 years probably since Wake had been a solid national contender, and there wasn't any preseason buzz to indicate that would be the case this year. But um, they just very quietly took care of business all year, and it's one of those things where you look up in the middle of April and you go, wait, these guys have only lost five games at this point or whatever, and, and you know, start taking a look. And, yeah, they, 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 they've had solid results and everything. There's not one kind of star-making performance. This is one of those teams that's a good, solid college team is not going to do a lot in the draft, I don't think. But that's okay. That's not what they're there for right now, and, and it's just really clicking well for them. This has not been a good year for South Alabama. They're on the downside of 500. They may not even make it to the Sunbelt Tournament. But the Sunbelt Conference, how many teams from the Sunbelt do you see getting in to this uh, regional? I think there's a good shot at four right now. Um, Coastal and USM are, are solidly in. I think Troy is to the point where they'd have to have a really bad next couple of weeks to not make it. And then Texas State is sitting right on the edge. They're at number 45 in the RPI this morning. And, and the overall record is, is good enough. So it's one of those things that they kind of need to just make a little bit of a move upward. But they could get four. I'm expecting three, I think. Troy and Texas State both making it's probably a little shaky, but uh, it, it, it could go as high as four. So, again, as I started out, how many SEC schools do you think will get a regional bid this year? Oh, let's see. So here, here you're taxing my abilities because if you look at it, uh, it's actually, I, I just looked it up, Mississippi State's actually sitting at number 49 this morning in the RPI. So you've got 11 teams that are in, I mean, 13 teams, sorry, that are in, in bubble range. I think the committee probably takes 11 of them. I think they probably leave Missouri and the two Mississippi schools at home. But, um, you know, next two weeks, there's plenty of room in the tournament and everything for folks to play around. That means the tournament may need a little bit more this year than it usually does. But um, I, I'd, I'd go with 11 right now because I don't see how they leave anybody above that out. And in the uh, in your pseudo-RPIs, uh, you got like Kentucky, South Carolina, LSU, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, and Florida in the top ten. Of all the teams in the SEC, which one right now would you, at this point, would you say has got the best chance to win the conference tournament and maybe make some noise in the NCAA tournament? Well, those are two separate questions because the, the conference tournament is one of those things where anybody sitting in the, in the position those six teams are, and, and, and that's number two through seven in the RPI this morning, which is bizarre. Um, he's going to save the pitching. And you, you almost never, you know, when, when you see a strong team win at Hoover, it's sort of like it's because everybody else kind of also laid low that week. Um, I, I think that South Carolina's probably got the kind of lineup that would get them through Hoover best, but that's purely a guess. And it, it's just as likely to be somebody like Alabama or Auburn that has something to prove and, and needs to move up. Uh, as far as making a deep run into the postseason, um, Vandy, until this weekend, Vandy has looked 
very, very strong. And then Kentucky's kind of my, my dark horse on that. Kentucky has just very quietly been um, – they, they, they lost a couple of unusual games in conference situations, which has got them looking further down in the standings uh, than, than you would expect. But overall, they had the strongest non-conference of any conference team, uh, any non-conference season of any conference team. And the, the lineup is set up right and everything. And I could really see this Kentucky team making it to – Hey, Boyd, always great to have you on, man. How can people get the latest on all things college baseball? Boydsworld.com. Hey, have a great week. Thanks for the time. Thank you. All right, scoreboard traffic and weather are next. John Ricchetti, the Mill Golf Report. Uh, we're going to talk some Daphne soccer as well as they get themselves a blue map. Chick-fil-A also in this hour. A lot going on. Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. A reminder, you can always follow us on socials at 1055WNSP on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Mark underscore Heim. You can follow Lee, who never tweets, at Shervanian Lee. There's a lot going on. And, of course, you can always download the Sound of Mobile app. Stay with us right here on the sports station, WNSP. Hey, this is Julian Zeus McClurkin with the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters, and my favorite station is WNSP Sports Radio 105.5 FM. Thanks for hanging with us. The opening kickoff on this Monday edition. John Ricchetti, front center with the Miller Lite Golf Report. Johnny, I didn't realize that Jason Day had not won a tournament in five years. Uh, that's that's a long time for him, but he won it yesterday. Yeah, I tell you, yeah, it was. It's been a long time, but you know what? This guy has been uh, trending in the right direction. You hear me talking about players on in professional golf that trend in the right direction. He has been playing a lot better. He's battled some injuries. He's had vertigo and so forth. And the passing of his mother last year really got to him. Uh, but uh, you know what? He's coming around, and it's good to see Jason Day back in the winner's circle because this guy's well-respected on, on the PGA Tour, well-liked by his peers out there. And uh, you're right. It's been five years, in, uh, but uh, he gets the job done yesterday at the Byron Nelson with a final round of 62, by the way, which ties his career low. Uh, round in professional golf. So, congratulations, Jason Day. It was a tough, uh, a lot of guys in the mix in this tournament, all the way pretty much down to the wire. Uh, they had a lot of rain, you know, rain delays and so forth yesterday. But uh, Jason Day is your winner. Mobile's Robbie Shelton, I think, finished like uh, 43rd, had a double bogey yesterday on the 15th hole on uh, coming in yesterday. It was a very expensive double bogey but uh good to see robbie shelton back uh playing on the weekends on the pga tour that moves to the pga championship this weekend uh coming up this week at oak hill in rochester new york dustin johnson will be in the field with a couple of a bunch of other live players by the way dustin johnson winning in a playoff yesterday in oklahoma on the live tour it's the second time he's won on the live tour and he'll be i think a favorite uh also, I think uh, for some reason he plays extremely well on in courses on the East Coast. So we'll keep an eye on that on the PGA on the PGA Championship coming up this week. 
We'll talk in depth tonight at six o'clock. Live from Terry Thompson Chevrolet. And a quick shout out today is the start of the Alabama State High School Championship for boys and girls and at Grand National in Opelika, Alabama. And we'll, we wish all our teams that are in there and individual players throughout Mobile, Baldwin County, great best of luck today and tomorrow and bring home the state title. But we'll be on the air tonight live at 6 o'clock from Terry Thompson Chevrolet. Thanks, Johnny. I appreciate it. Mark, you uh, asked a question before about T.J. Finley and the transfer to Texas State, so he's now in the Sun Belt. You know, am I rooting for him? I'm going to say I'm not rooting against him, but I, I'm not a big fan, as you know, about the portal, and especially now when you keep moving. You know, I've always felt the grass is not always greener on the other side. He went from LSU to Auburn. Now he's at Texas State. So it's almost like, look, um, I would rather see an athlete compete and try to win the job rather than say, ah, I have no chance. I'm just going to move on. I mean, do you have any feelings one way or yeah, another? Yeah, so I don't have anything sp- specifically against TJ Finley, but the idea of a guy transferring to a third destination, I kind of want to see that not work out. So that I want to see that happen more often than not because, I, like you, I want to see I want to see this kind of stop. I want to see the, well, I didn't get to, I, I didn't get the job, so I'm moving on. I mean, I, you know, again, I don't like blanket rules that say kids can't transfer, period. I would like to see that extra year you have to sit I'm with be you on re-implemented. that. Be re-implemented. Yeah. I don't want to see guys continue to move it's around It's too like easy. This. It's yeah. just too easy. All right, I'll pack it up. And, again, I will go back on this. I don't see who keeps track of their credit hours. I don't see, especially some of these kids that have gone to four schools. I don't see how you get it done and how long it takes yeah. to graduate. Hey, speaking of graduation, Jalen Hurts, Masters, Oklahoma. Yeah, how about that? Human resources. Did you see where Todd Bowles? Got his <laughs> well. I I didn't see exactly what he got. The, the 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 football coach in the NFL went through graduation this week. I don't know if him. it was for a regular degree or or it was just a, a graduate degree or what. But I'm with you. I I don't like. See, I'm not rooting against Finley, but I'm not really caring that much. You know whether you know after you keep moving around like this. I'm not rooting against him, but I don't care what he does at Texas State. All right, when we come back, we're talking some high school soccer. Daphne coach Heath Burt, they won their uh, their blue map, so congratulations to the Trojans. Also, on this John Morant thing, what are some of the dumbest things athletes have done? And this has got to be up there, right? It's just got to be. So we'll talk about that coming up as well. We also have some Chick-fil-A, so Continue to listen right here on the Sports Station WNSP. In the opening kickoff, Mark Lee, Triple G, in the studios of WNSP. Uh, I want to congratulate uh, the Daphne Trojans and their soccer team bringing home the blue map. 
Uh, we are getting ready to effort uh, their coach, so looking forward to talking to him. I uh, got some Chick Fil A coming up on the way, and we'll talk some Spanish Fort baseball coming up at eight o'clock. We'll get to some Alabama talk at eight thirty, but uh, you guys can continue in the app at wnsp.com. So I'll throw out my unofficial poll question of the day again for you here while we sit here uh, for a second in effort. But so on Friday, uh, my family and I got rear-ended. I haven't been in an accident my whole life, knock on wood. I've been rear-ended now twice in the last three months in two different cars in two different areas of Mobile, right? So this happened Friday. We're all okay. Uh, it's a real pain in the butt, as anybody that's ever been rear-ended would know. Uh, so here's the thing. So uh, it was a kid, felt bad, whatever. Uh, it, uh, so we pulled into a nearby gas station, called the cops, the whole deal. He was on the phone with his mom. His mom was going to show up. Before the cops and the mom show up, Another car rolls up. It looked like a buddy of his. They go into the back of his car, remove a few things from the back of the car, and then he drives away. So I'm asking you guys in the unofficial poll question of the day, what potentially could have been in the back seat that was required to be removed before mom and the police had gotten there? We got some early, early indication that it could have been ice cream. It could have been a casserole. I think it was your game plan, your basketball game plan. Uh, it could have been anything. Tournament. And so I'm asking you guys, what do you think it could have been? I can tell you it, it wasn't very large. We kind of saw them move stuff out. Um, it looked like it was whatever it was was packed pretty tight. But uh, you guys can hit us up in the app at WNSP.com, the unofficial poll question. All right, we did have two uh, blue maps in soccer. Congratulations to two teams on the Eastern Shore. Bayside will have Jamie Ferguson tomorrow. But today it's all about Daphne and their soccer program. Defending title winners as they played Huntsville. They won 3-1. to one. Heath Burtz, the head coach, he's on the line with me right now. Heath, good morning. How are you today? Whoops. <laughs> all right, Heath, you, uh, we'll get you back on. Okay. Um, yeah, that didn't work out too well. But you know what? To Daphne's credit, they go up to, I guess, that don't they play that up around the Huntsville area? Yeah, they got to go all the way to Huntsville. And they're basically facing a team, Huntsville, right, yeah. in their uh, hometown. That's a haul, man. And to win 3-1 uh, to one, uh, Bayside with a win. We had, we had several teams that had a chance to get a uh, blue map and uh, came in second. But uh, Bayside and Daphne. Heath, welcome to the show again. Good morning. How are you today? Well, thanks for having me. Um, having me on, Lee. I'm glad to be on. I'm doing great today. Thank you. And am I thankful that you tried to reach me because I gave uh, I gave our board up there a, a wrong number. So I appreciate you getting back to me. Hey, before we get into sure. the game itself, uh, the, the you and I talked about this. The coach, the, the fact that you didn't start the year as the head coach, right? Am I correct on that? Correct. I mean, I was head coach last year. I've been here four years, but I'm 56. I was kind of trying to slide out, Lee, and, and work my way out. I've been coaching 20 years, four years at Daphne, uh, kind of bring in a new coach. I was still going to be on staff, help with the transition, but it just didn't work out. You know, a month into the season, uh, it doesn't work out with the new coach. He leaves the school, goes to another school, and, and here I am, you know, back in the middle of it with, with half staff. Uh, Really, just two coaches were supposed to have four. So it was, uh, you can imagine, doing your job at half staff. And uh, Coach Reed and I, we just coached both teams. He's right there with me, deserves all the credit as well, JV and varsity. 
grinding out every day with just two of us. So, yeah, it was a little adversity early on in the season for our team and our coaching staff. Did things change as you moved in? Like you said, you were the coach last year, so there's really not much of a change. Is there same system? Yeah, same system. Uh, just a little upheaval there because we just didn't start, you know, like we usually would have, I guess you'd say. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't something we obviously could overcome, but a little few bumps in the road. And, of course, with the boys. I mean, you win a state championship, and, you know, Coach Jeff Coat here uh, won a lot of state championships in wrestling. He told me, hey, the toughest year is the year after winning state. Uh, I've heard Coach Saban say that, you know. And, and Eddie Tyler called us on the way home, and I tend to answer the phone when he calls. And old Coach Tyler just said, hey, becoming a champion is a little bit easier than remaining a champion. So hats off to you all. Uh, he called us on the drive back, and we, Superintendent Tyler, we were just thrilled to get that call. And, uh, and he knows it, you know, <laughs> being an old coach himself. He nailed it, of course, and uh, exactly right. So it was a mountain to climb to, to get these kids' heads straight. I mean, they had kind of reached their goal, and to get them to try to refocus and, and hit that goal a second time, it was some work uh, for everybody. Talk. Uh, can you talk to the what I would call obstacles or hurdles that it takes to get there? Uh, I talk a lot in terms of, our teams having to go to Birmingham and other sports, man. You got to go all the way to Huntsville to get there, and you're doing it at the time of year where a lot of kids, quite frankly, have a little spring fever, right? They got cabin fever. It's the end of the year, especially seniors. They're uh, maybe sometimes looking on to, to bigger and better things. All of that going on, how do you how do you focus a team uh, to kind of keep their eye on the prize? Well, Mark, you're exactly right. I mean. The, the whole process, luckily, we're a very well-traveled team. This is our third it was our third Final Four in a row. So we know how to travel as a team. We know we go to Gatlinburg uh, every year and a huge trip. It's more of a fun trip. You yeah. know, we go to Gatlinburg. It's a traveling circus to move all these kids. We go up there for fun. They know Final Four is a business trip. You know, so we do know how to travel. We have the best booster club in the state. Uh, so much support. They got to raise a lot of money. You bring up a great point, though. We got to go to Huntsville every year. That's a long drive. Yeah. I mean, it's we're we're in over ten to twelve thousand dollars a year. We probably spent thirty thousand dollars getting to Huntsville in the last three years. Now, is it worth it? Certainly. Yeah, oh, but yeah. some some programs are going to struggle to raise that money to even get up there. Heath, uh, not only do you travel to Huntsville, you play Huntsville. Do they have a, a big turnout? And is that like really playing on somebody else's home field? Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, huge home turnout. We knew it. You know, they're catcalling players because the student section's going to get wild. You expect it. Uh, and they did. They did. So we had, to, we had to beat the team and the crowd up there. You know, we got film. We, we, we know what we're doing. We had film study at the hotel. We, we, it's a business trip. We look at you know, how we want to play and what we want to do. The boys get to the Final Four. They tend to be focused. But you're right. It's the end of school. We're, we're geared up for exams. Seniors are done with school. We got 10 seniors. They're finished with school to get them up there on the bus, focused. You know, they're looking forward to their summer in college. You know, it, it's a job. But uh, with the support of Coach Reed, and obviously our booster club, we, we managed to get them focused. All right, a couple of uh, follow-ups. Do you return to coach next year, and how many of the players return next year? 
Yeah, we're losing 10 fantastic seniors, the best in this class in school history. Clearly, two state championships, three Final Fours. I'm coming back. I'm like, hey, I keep getting pulled back in. We do the little mafia cliche. They, they just pull you back in. I might as well stick at it for a few more years here. So, yeah, we got the staff coming back. We're going to add a couple. Oh, we're going to be a young team, but we got good guys coming up. We're excited. Uh, to come back next year. I'd like to tell you a couple things about how, you know, the difference in how we play versus Huntsville and a lot of teams this season. And, and they were great teams. They're a methodical passing. You know, they play the game the right way. We're, we're more, you know, I teach history. We're kind of the Huns. I mean, we come attack you. You know, we're dynamic and I'd say opportunistic type team. So a lot of my friends are college football fans. We got three, four guys up top coming at you with the ball at top speed as a defender on the other team. You're a little scared. I mean, these guys are like, you know, Michael Jordan with the basketball coming at you. You know, one wrong step, and they're by you. And then it's one-on-one with one on one with the goalie, and, and at that point it usually doesn't go well for the goalie. So that's the way we played. We had to play to our strengths. Patty McAllister, Noah Miller. Uh, Alex Podier, Will Alves, they're all scary up top. Defenses, I mean, they scare people. And they're coming at you full speed. The difference is these guys, all of them, they can handle the ball at full speed. You know, it's like David Palmer back in the day with Bama coming at you with the ball. One wrong move, you know he's gone. And that's the way we play. That's kind of our strength and the way we need to play. Whereas some schools, uh, including Huntsville, great school. I mean, great playing, how they pass the ball, work it down the field. But we're sort of that. We're coming in hot and fast, and we're going to attack you over and over and over on counter strikes. And it's worked for us this season. So it was a great game of two different styles of soccer. So how does a soccer team that wins a state title somewhat six hours away from Mobile celebrate on the way home in a bus? A lot. That's how. Yeah, we're getting used to the celebrating. I'm still a bit hoarse. We all are. We party, partied hard. And the bus is smelly. No time for a shower. You get on the bus and you basically come home. So you can imagine uh, the smell and the noise. It's wild. Uh, wouldn't do anything else, though. I mean, we loved it. After the adrenaline wears off, everybody kind of goes down. Uh, we get pick up a police escort coming into Daphne. A huge crowd was waiting for us at Daphne High School. A huge celebration. Uh, just fantastic weekend. You know, couldn't be any more fun for these kids. And a, what a great, great way to finish the school year as well. So, did you drive fun the, times at Daphne High School. Did you drive the bus? Absolutely not. We get a charter bus. So we, we, uh, I mean, the ride up there, it's a vacation for me. That's handled by the Booster Club. A week of practice is tougher for a coach than going up there because everything's really taken care of. I just try to get, show up and coach, look at a little film, keep the boys' heads on straight. And, and that, it's not as hard as sometimes just being home and grinding out and practice every day. Hey, Coach, congratulations uh, to you and your team. Uh, great accomplishment. Uh, we, we appreciate you coming aboard, and we wish you the best of luck moving forward, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, you guys. Yep. That's uh, Daphne Coach, Bye -bye. soccer coach Heath Burt. When we come back... Uh, Lee's going to have a little uh, Chick-fil-A for you. Uh, we'll talk to the Spanish, ba Spanish Ford baseball coach coming up at 8. 
And then uh, at 8.30, we'll talk some Alabama baseball with Austin Hannon. In between all that, we'll talk to you, 694-1055. Let me tell you about Dr. Christopher Mullenix. I've already told you everything you really need to know. Very professional, very personable. Mobile Oral and Facial Surgery located at 715 Downtown or Boulevard. Day of emergency or just want to make an appointment, you don't need a referral, 471-3381. He and his associates, well, they take care of uh, any kind of uh, oral or jaw surgery. Uh, with me, dental implants, wisdom teeth, pulls, things like that. So you don't need a referral. Just give them a call. My recommendation, you don't even need that. No pain or discomfort the next day. That's what I like about them the best. Hey, this is Buckus Blakes from the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters, and you're listening to WNSP in Mobile. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I could eat there seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. All right, Lee, what do we got? We waited a whole one hour and 50 minutes today, but this is hit uh, it. Jason Tatum had 51 points to set an NBA record for a Game 7, but that is not the Celtics' record for most points by an individual in a playoff game. Name just give uh, Nick a call, 694-1055, and tell him who holds the record for most points as a Boston Celtic in a playoff game. All right, if you answer? know the answer, 694-1055, the Chick-fil-A is yours. So we've been talking about John Morant. What are some of the I, – I think this ranks as one of the dumber moments in uh, when you start talking about athletes and making dumb moves. Well, what are some of the what are some of the dumbest moves athletes have ever made? At least in this case, he's I guess he's in a vehicle, so he's not harming other people. Uh, like remember when Plaxico Burris went into a nightclub in New York, and a gun went off. Yeah, I think he had it strapped to him or something like Shot that. Shot himself. Yeah, and uh, you know obviously others are you know milling around in a crowd in a nightclub. That didn't go well for him because they prosecuted him. Uh, there's laws in New York about doing things like that. That would have to be. Are you talking about from a legality standpoint, or just doing dumb things? Just doing dumb things. It, it might be. It might wind up being a, a legal issue. But um, well, that one comes to mind because that's one of the the most highly publicized ones. Because again, he was prosecuted for that, bringing a gun into a nightclub. Obviously, that's not going to win you many friends, especially no. when the gun goes off. Well, I mean. If you're going to hurt somebody in that, it hurts yourself. It hurts yourself, I hurt guess. Yourself, but he also hurt him. Uh, I don't know if he had to serve any prison time for that. I don't remember. It's been so long ago. Um, as far as other dumb things go, we've seen athletes uh, do some stupid things, uh, getting hurt just by falling down the stairs in their house. I can't, not, I can't remember the guys specifically. Uh, ironing, uh, ironing, trying to iron and burning themselves. I believe there was a picture it may have been John Smoltz. I, I may I don't know. That just comes to mind, you know, uh, and, and that that didn't go well. Obviously, um, doing dumb things was Pascal Perez, the former Brave pitcher who couldn't find. He was supposed to start a game, and he drove around and got lost on the highway and uh, got to the game late, so he didn't start the game. 
Um, as far as legalities, I'll have to give some thought to that as far as doing something uh, stupid. Wouldn't uh, – didn't uh, – I'm sure Antonio Brown has to be in there somewhere I, I, with all that he has. Right. Oh Well, you know, and of course, O.J. Uh, beats the rap or whatever, but then winds up getting convicted for armed robbery in Las Vegas, right? Oh, uh, yes, that's right. He uh, His own stuff. He was going after his own memorabilia wanted, or whatever it was. He wanted his Heisman back, didn't he? Uh, wasn't, it the, wasn't the Heisman? I can't remember exactly what it was. He went. Somebody had had it. And he went to the this room. So of all the things, he gets off on the the murder charge, and winds up serving time because of a break in. Yeah. Um. By the way, Maurice is the winner. Got the answer to your uh, Chick Fil A. You know who it is? John Havlicek. John Havlicek. Yeah, I, I was wondering, Nick, did anybody uh, ask, ask about Larry Bird? Bring up Larry Bird. I thought maybe somebody would really pump the brakes on that. No. Yes. Yeah, we had a couple people guess Larry Bird. A couple people guess uh, Paul Pierce. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Pierce. Yeah. Havlicek was the one. 54 points. Uh, didn't Pac-Man Jones... So Pac-Man Jones, I think what he gets remembered most for is making it rain and up. It's still seven. It's still early. A, an adult entertainment venue. Um, But if you remember correctly, didn't he... He was expecting all the money back. Like, he wanted it back, which led to a uh, gun being fired into a crowd. He injured a bouncer. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, he had drugs on him. So, guy throws up a bunch of money, expects all that money to come back to him. I'd say that was pretty dumb. Um, but you guys can hit us up in the app at WNSP.com. What, what did Antonio Brown do that? Remember, he was with the Raiders, and his feet got frozen. Do you remember that? And he had gone to, I don't know what you would call it, but I think he was it had something to do with his legs and his feet, and they froze. Do you remember that? Yeah, like some cryotherapy or something maybe? Yes, yes. that's what it was. <laughs> what do you call it? What's it called? It was the cryotherapy. Um, he stayed in a little too long. <laughs> I don't. Was it that he stayed in too long, or that he wasn't properly dressed for it? I don't. Um, he had he had extreme frostbite. Um, yeah, that was pretty dumb. That's good stuff. <laughs> you remember some stuff. Uh, yeah, the, in the app, uh, went went in there with uh with no socks or feet protection. He didn't wear the right socks. Um. Someone said Plexco, Mike, uh, Mike Vick. Uh, and for those that didn't see the John Morant story yesterday, uh, there, there, one of his buddies went live on Instagram, and he was with him and flashed a gun. So he has now been suspended, uh, in a time where there's nothing going on with his team. But whatever. Uh, Tanya Harding. There's another one. It doesn't get much dumber than that. Um, you guys ever watched that Tanya Harding movie? I, I have. I have, yes. Uh, I found her I very fascinating. Did I see that? I want to say I did. But that was probably also the best thing. That, I mean, minus the, the legal uh, ramifications. That might have been the best thing that ever happened to her career, though, right? We wouldn't have known sure. who Tanya Harding now was. She's a uh, a regular on World's Dumbest Criminals <laughs> on True TV. See, 
it worked out to some degree. Cause I don't know what I don't know what the girl that uh I don't know what the other girl's up to. Yeah, I'll say that. I'll throw out the name Manny Ramirez. Remember him, baseball. Yeah. Uh, got busted for taking a women's fertility drug. <laughs> what was the uh, What was the end game there for him? What was What was he hoping to? <laughs> the drug was known as HCG to produce natural testosterone. <laughs> he got suspended. What about um, Albert Hainsworth? Didn't he stomp on some yes, dude's head without a helmet on? Like yes, he, didn't, he did. Not yeah, Albert. Albert did. had his helmet on. I'm talking what about the about, guys. Uh, Plaxico Burris. Yeah, we mentioned Plaxico. Ray no, you're right. He did get uh, suspended, Mark. Yeah. He did a number on the what guy. What about Miles Garrett? Remember when he was swinging that helmet at, uh, what was yeah. that, Mason Rudolph? Yeah. What about, uh, uh, how about, uh, speaking of baseball, Rafael Palmeiro getting up there in front of Congress, wagging his finger. He didn't take steroids. Yeah, but I like OJ. I like Sammy failed Sosa. a drug test a year later. I like son, uh, Sammy Sosa, who denied he could speak English. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Gilbert Arenas. He seems to be in the news a lot these days. Pistol in the locker room. Yeah. What about OJ Simpson? Yeah, uh, Mark men- mentioned. Yeah, him. we mentioned OJ. He's been mentioned. The whole memorabilia thing. Uh. Yeah, there have been some good ones. And when I say good ones, I mean bad. <laughs> uh, let's see what the app's got for us. App always very good. Yeah, Ray Carruth, Brad Bohannon. Yeah, Carruth was, that was a tragedy what he did. Um, Wind up. In someone prison. asked, didn't someone uh, blow off a finger shooting fireworks? Yeah, that was. Uh, oh, the lineman for the, uh, he was with Dominican the Giants. No. no, no, no. He was with the Giants. And now he went to uh, Tampa. Pierre Paul? Yes. Paul, yeah. He firework incident. Ron Artest going into the stands. Yeah. Classic. And that's uh, now he's World Peace or something, whatever. Meta. Meta. Meta World no, Peace. I thought he changed his name back. Did he do? He, he, well, maybe he's not as dumb as we thought. All right. You know, a, lot of, a lot of celebrities, they change their name. You remember when Snoop Dogg changed his name to Snoop Lion? You remember that? That's like a whole thing. He went by Snoop Lion for like three years. <laughs> <laughs> and then he changed it back when he wanted to be popular again. So our, our <laughs> Ron Artest got a 86-game suspension for that, going into the stands and creating that fiasco. He's lucky he wasn't banned for life. Yeah. Hey, you got to be remembered for something, I guess. Dude still got some rings with Kobe, though. So it all worked out. <laughs> all worked out exactly <laughs> how it needed to. Uh, Brett Welfare Favre. Yeah, he's he's been in the middle that's of it for, still, that's for a minute. still out there too. Yeah, that, that has not been cleared up no. about the uh, money if he gave it back or whatever. And there's been no charges against him. There's been others that have implicated, but uh, his name keeps surfacing. It's like once a month something comes out of this about the money that was ticketed for some worthy causes that wound up with him going towards I I forget what he even used it for all right uh, when we come back we turn our attention to Spanish sport baseball continue with your comments in the app travel WNSP.com it's the opening kickoff stay with us here comes our number three
This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Hey, and just like that, it's hour number three. Lee, how about that? 804. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Mark Heim, Lee Trevanian, Triple G's in the house. We're in the studios of WNSP. How about one more add to stupid things? Vince Coleman relied on his speed. He's a former major league player. Got You know, the, the tarp came out. It's a rollaway tarp. He got caught in the tarp, chipped a knee, or a bone in his knee, was out for the whole season. Couldn't get out of the way of the tarp. Well, those tarps, they'd be moving fast when the rain starts coming in. Anyway, <laughs> uh, headlines, Celtics move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Second year in a row, they did that, thanks to Jason Tatum's 51 points. Um, bids in NCAA softball, Alabama will host overall number five. Auburn is going. They're going to Clemson. Jags did not get one despite a terrific year at 39 and 14. And as far as baseball bids, Spring Hill College baseball team is the eighth seed in the NCAA South Regional. They go to Tampa and open up against Tampa, the number one seed. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Speaking about baseball, uh, we got two teams with a chance to win a blue map. We got UMS Wright. They'll be playing uh, tomorrow, best uh, two out of three, and Spanish Fort. And on the line with us right now is J.D. Pruitt, the head coach for the Toros. J.D., good morning. How are you today? Good morning. How are you guys doing? So, uh, before we even talk about your game against Oxford, tell us about your transportation plans. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, we're uh, we're actually going to leave. We've got, we, our school actually has graduation tonight. So, that only kind of throws, uh, I guess you could say, a, a wrench into our travel uh, plans, in a sense. So, um, you know, it's going to be about a four-and-a-half-hour trip for us, uh, so we're actually going to break it up. We're actually going to leave tonight after uh, graduation, and uh, we're going to stay up in Prattville, uh, uh tonight, get up, uh, drive to, uh, to Hoover High School, uh, have kind of like a pregame little uh, practice, and then, uh, then drive over to Oxford and get ready to play those guys at 4 o'clock tomorrow. So I'm assuming that the baseball players in the graduation, they will not be wearing their cap and gown when they get into the bus tonight. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, if they want to, if that, if that makes them feel uh, like, they're, like they're a guy, they're a dude, um, hey, I'm all for it. You know, uh, you know, this is a very unique group that we've got this year. Um, you know, we've, we've got of our guys by the headline. The play wouldn't put it past them if they jumped on the bus with their cap and gown. Now, did you say you're playing at Oxford? I mean, where this this team you're playing, you're playing close to their home, uh, to their vicinity, or uh, how's that working out? Where are you playing the game? Yeah, so it's uh, uh, yeah, so the city of Oxford is is hosting at Chocolaco Park, uh, which is the same venue for the softball championships as well. Um, they also have, uh, obviously they have baseball fields there, so we'll be playing there 
on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday we'll go over to Jacksonville State University and uh, and play games two and three. So, um, so yeah, it's 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 uh, it's it's a home game for for those guys in a sense. I've I've, I've had that uh, that that question asked a lot. You know, I mean, man, that's day that's you know how how are they able to host the game and they're playing. Hey, this, this host site and this host venue was set a long time ago, and Oxford just so happened to have a really good ball club to where they made it uh, to the finals this year. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a, and I and I believe I saw on social media yesterday uh, where they have uh, uh, designated uh, Wednesday as a what they call an e-learning day, so kids do not have to report to school, and it's going to allow essentially their entire city, the entire city and student body of Oxford. For to, to go to the game on on Wednesday, so um, you know, big challenge in front of us. Uh, gonna be uh, gonna be a nice and uh, uh, tough environment, but um, uh, again, I, I feel as though our kids have played in in the toughest environments this year, so so we're looking forward to the challenge. Yeah, you've had unbelievable games. I mean, like one run games and come from behind games, and so let me ask you this: Aren't they ranked number one, Oxford? Hey. They are. They're, they're the number one ranked team in the uh, in the state in 6A, and they've they've been that way for a lot of part. Uh, the latter part of the year, I believe, uh, the team that they beat in the third round of playoffs, Hartsell, was the was the number one team for for a majority of the year, and and, um, and those guys that thrown them, uh, like I said, in the playoffs, and so they've been playing some really good baseball here of late. Um, you know, and so have we. So. Um, you know, like I said, they've, they've, they've got a really good ball club, and, and Coach Westbrook does a good job up there. And, and um, again, it's it's, it's going to be a great a great environment for our kids, a great uh, great uh, great moment for our kids. Uh, again, I think you know, for us, kind of you know, as we kind of move into into this series, uh, you know, for us, it's all about. Uh, who we are, and and, and um, again, we played in some big moments this year. So again, I'm not I'm not necessarily worried about our kids uh, showing up and or playing with any type of anxiety or anything like that. Because like I said, we we've, we've gone on the road, we've played in tough environments and and and, and, and atmosphere. So uh, it's not much that rattles this group. So we're very we're extremely confident going into the series. JD, we wish you the best. Hopefully, we'll talk to you after you bring home a championship. Hopefully, that'll happen. Uh, safe travels after graduation tonight. All right, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Head coach of Spanish Forest baseball team, one of two teams. We had two win soccer championships: Daphne and Bayside. And who knows? Maybe a few coming up in softball because they're getting underway now with the states. And as John Ricchetti mentioned, golf today. Uh, the states uh, taking place. All right, you guys can jump in at 694-1055. We've, we've battled another a number of topics today. Uh, uh, both Triple G and Lee got caught up on Air, the Ben Affleck-Matt Damon movie over the weekend. We kind of broke that one down for you. John ja Morant uh, <sighs> continues to be John ja Morant. We, uh, we've kind of had a discussion about some of the dumbest sports uh, or dumbest athletes or dumbest moments in sports. Uh, you guys can jump in on that one as well. 694-1055 is the number if you'd like to uh, to take part in, in, in said topics. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I've, you know, this Morant thing, I mean, you know, he, he was kind of an unknown coming out of Murray State, and, you know, I, I reflected back when the uh, Pelicans took uh, Williamson, which, of course, 
was the logical choice. You had to take him. I mean, it was a PR nightmare if you didn't. And he's hardly even played, you know, because of injuries and so forth, what their season could have been. And I said, I wonder, what if they had taken Morant? Maybe that wasn't such a bad move then on their part because from a PR standpoint, it's been kind of a nightmare for Memphis and what Morant has done lately. Now, I know he's had some great, great games on the floor. Hopefully, he'll still get his act together and, you know. But whose career would you would you rather have at this point? Right though? now, Williamson or Morant? Yeah. Morant. Of course. Yes. <laughs> Come on, let's say I'm not an idiot. No. Come on, you have to say Zion. He's just chilling watching there is games no, courtside. He, Zion has no career yet. It's like well, he hardly Morant plays. Morant may get to that point in uh, yeah. a year sooner than he'd like to. But he, Williamson has been hurt all the time. He's he never plays. Still still cashing them checks though. Yeah, he is. So you you'd rather have Zion's? Uh, I mean, at least just hanging out. You'd be right. bored. No, I'd, I'd actually, if I was Zion, I'd, I'd turn his career around. I believe that. Zion, if you were I'd Zion? lock in. You don't think he's locked in? No. Because <laughs> he says he doesn't feel like Zion in his head. So if it's Nick in his head, then we're good. Just roll with it. Speaking of other Duke graduates or, let's say, players who played at Duke, maybe not necessarily graduated, is Tatum the best ever to come out of Krzyzewski's system in the NBA? Nah. I'd have to take a look at the uh, pretty extensive roster. Yeah. I mean, off the Shane top of my head. comes to mind. Uh, had a good career. Uh, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, it's got to be Kyrie. See, I don't I, – I'm not uh, – because of what, the one championship? The championship, I'm not sold the longevity on him. of success, the fact that he still is having success. Um, I'm trying to look to see how many. What 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 does that list look like? It's a long list of players, but for the most part, none of them have really. That's my laptop. That's my bad. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought <laughs> I thought we were. Done with the break. J Jason Tatum just got blessed by being drafted by Boston. He got in a good situation. If he'd been anywhere else, he'd be Brandon Ingram right now. Ingram's had a decent wow. career. Yeah, okay. but decent, what if decent what if career. Tatum had gone to Philadelphia with the first pick? Oh, then then uh, Joel Embiid might have a ring. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's 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 definitely those uh, as of. Uh, I think I see about a list of about 22 guys as of the last year. I don't know if this has been updated, but I think those are the top two guys, right? Unless you guys are big Grayson Allen fans. Maybe Grant Hill? Oh, that's right, Grant Hill. I like Grant Hill a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Grant Hill won it every level. I like him a lot. Except for the NBA. Hey, what about Antonio Lang? How about that? Still going strong as an assistant coach with Cleveland. No, he just left Cleveland. He just uh, got hired by Atlanta. Is that right? Oh, yep. because of uh, Quinn Snyder. Yep. Mm, good stuff. All right. Uh, scoreboard traffic and weather. We got an open segment, so we'll get a chance to talk to you guys at 694-1055. That's number. The uh, dumbest athletes ever. And do you put John Moran in it, in that list? Does he move up on, in your list there? 
By the way, TJ Finley transferred on a different subject. I was asking, are you guys rooting for TJ Finley? And I don't mean like, yeah, we want all kids to, to do well, because of course we do. But I mean, are you guys like really pumped like you want to see TJ Finley himself do well? Get curious. Let us know. 694-1055. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station WNSP. This is Mayor Sandy Stimson. You're listening to Sports Radio 105.5 FM WNSP. You can't win alone. Um, I can't win alone. Me and James, we just can't win alone. You know, that's why basketball is played 5 on 5. So, you know, we just need everybody to just, you know, try to keep finding ways to get better and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be fine. 823, uh, welcome back in. It's the opening kickoff, Mark Lee and Triple G. I don't think his statement went over well uh, after a loss. Yes, I know it's emotional and he hasn't had time. Maybe he'd rethink that. But uh, basically calling out, uh, it wasn't his fault or Harden's fault, but they, they need help. And, you know, remember, it seems like they're always pointing fingers. Last year was what, or two years ago, or last year Ben Simmons was the reason, okay? Two years ago. <laughs> And, like, we need help. The guy, you're the MVP. Okay, five out of 18 field goals that you made? Yeah, I'd say you need some help. Your own. Yeah, so we started talking about was this just a great effort by Jason Tatum or was this just a, uh, a bad performance by the Sixers? And I think when you lose, when, when, the, when the score when it's a blowout, I think you have to look at what the other team failed to do, not so much what Jason Tatum did. I think when it's a close game and you have a guy go off for 40 or 50, I think the story is about him and he's kind of the difference. When you when you look at a team that lost by 20-plus and their shooting percentages are what they are, you look at their superstars. But you're right. I, I don't think – I think it's poor form for and, – and I don't think Embiid came out with the intention of blaming other guys. Um but I've always said this, and I say this about athletes on any level. If we're going to put them on pedestals, you got to be willing to knock them off. So if if guys want to be praised, then they got to be willing to sit up there and take the criticism too. It's it's only fair. So clearly they didn't come to play. A, a lot like Steph and Clay. Clay was awful. Like they were like stop shooting. That that's how bad they were. And and that's that's not easy to say when you got two of the best shooters in NBA history. Right? It's shoot to get hot, shoot to stay hot. Well, you can't get hot if you're not shooting, but they were terrible. But that storyline, that narrative Friday, wasn't how good L.A. was. It was how bad Golden State was. So imagine you're the GM of Philadelphia, I guess, or Golden State. Yeah. What 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 changes would you make this offseason to better your chances for the next? Because well, obviously the rosters, as they're currently built— well, one thing is enough. Green is a free agent, right? Isn't he a free agent? So whether you keep him or not, that's that's one issue they have. I'm not so sure they have to make major changes. I mean, they have some young players on the team. It's a nice nucleus to build around in Thompson and Curry. And then if you keep Green, you still have the big three in a sense. That's It's a nice way to build around. You still have complementary players, which gets you championships. Well, you're not getting Jordan. Jordan Poole season, needs though. to decide what kind of player he's going to be. I mean, if he's going to be like, like he has this postseason, then you probably need to move on from him. 
Uh, Draymond and Clay just aren't the type of players they once were. That's not to say they can't contribute, but Clay's half the guy, half the player he was just four or five years ago, and Draymond's not getting any younger. And his off the court antics is becoming, you know, he's he's more concerned about his podcast and playing ball. When he when he's good and he wants to be good, I still think he can contribute. But this is a team that's that's aging rapidly. Yeah, well, and, and I have to say they're going to keep. I think they're going to keep Green. I really do because they know. He's the, the, the catalyst. Uh, he met, he's not going to score a lot of points, but he's going to do a little things to help win. I see him coming back. Now, Poole's got that huge contract, right, that he's, they stuck him with, or yeah, they, he stuck them with. Yeah, and he's unplayable. All, they, they put a lot of – they put all their chips into the young guy – on these young guys who are unproven. Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, who doesn't even get playing time yeah. in these big games. Jordan Poole, you give that big contract to. You can't even play him in a big game now. I don't know. I feel like they're kind of stuck. Man, I, I, I like the way uh, DiVincenzo was playing. Yeah. Um, he's but like the I'm, cheapest guy on the roster. But I, I don't. I mean, he's not. He's not a. He's not a game changer. So um, I liked Looney too. By the way, I thought he gave some good minutes. I, I really liked Looney in uh, against L.A. But they they replaced him late in the uh, series with the Lakers uh, for whatever reasons and because of the matchups, they put your Michael Green in there. But I th still think you have to keep him. And I don't think his contract's an issue, is it? I don't think he's no. a free agent. And what's what's the contract status on Iguodala? Is he a coach-slash-player that doesn't yeah, play? Yeah, He's on, like, a vet minimum just kind of hanging out. Well, whatever the minimum is, it's too much. What do, right. I mean, what are we doing? See, I remember two years ago, man, when they had all these young players and James Wiseman still, I was like, look, they need to put all these guys together, trade them, go get you another star to come out here, and then you can go on another four-year run. Yeah. They didn't. They wanted to, like, be playing in the now and the future at the same time, but these young guys, they're just, they're just not uh, – there's no star power there. All right, when we come back, uh, we'll talk a little Alabama with Austin Hannon, Alabama Central. Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. Make sure you're following us on social media, uh, at 105.5 WNSP on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Make sure you vote us for the nappies. We're very excited that we've been nominated as a station for, is it five? I think it's five, six? Seven. Seven. I know we have, we're, we got three here. Yep, More, best morning show, best DJ team, best waka sports waka. radio show. Clearly, that's us. That's right. In fact, we're Nick and I were talking at the break that we need to go on a smear campaign on all the other nominees. Maybe we'll do that, too. Stay with us. on a Monday. Thanks for hanging with us. By the way, Tim's supposed to get to 90, Lee. That's 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 in your wheelhouse. Then we'll just stay right here in the studio. You'll only need one sweatshirt with 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 the weather being hitting 90 today. I only wear a sweatshirt because of this studio. Yeah. It's not, a meat, it's not, a meat locker. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I I dress just because we're in here for three hours. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't be wearing this. I feel like if we had a, a, a rack of meat over there, Balboa would be pounding on the ribs over there. It's a meat locker for sure. 
Uh, you guys continue with your comments to the app, WNSP.com. We'll take your phone calls a little bit later in the show, or, you know, maybe we do it now. I don't know. We're kind of flying by the seat of our pants. That's kind of what we do on this show. The what best laid plans and all. All right, who who saw Air for the first time this weekend, by the way? It was released on Amazon Prime. Lee got a... Got to watch it for the first time. Triple G saw it. I was pleasantly surprised to see it was on my prime. Yeah. They don't wait Didn't long. Have to now leave to, the house. They don't wait long to get it up on the streaming services. No, I'll say that for sure. And I was very excited. Set aside Saturday. Um, say this is going to be it. No matter what else, I'm going to watch it. I actually watched it. It was the second time I'd seen it. I saw it when it came out uh, uh, a couple months ago, three months ago, whatever it was, just because I was really pumped up about the topic. I, li- I thought it was good. I liked it. I, I think I thought it was a great I'll, cast. I'll go further than this because, okay, so I, I know about Sonny Vaccaro. I know he's been very influential in the shoot market industry and in, in basketball and so forth. And so then, like I said, I'm reading this book by Jeff Benedict on LeBron James and how James, as a sophomore in high school after two state championships, and that Sonny Vaccaro finally found out about him and went to work to sign him for Adidas, and he was outfitting the St. Anthony Vincent basketball team with Adidas uh, gear, and he wasn't even aware of LeBron until friends of his got in touch with him and said, you better go out and see him. But, but I guess I want to make the point is that how he, is be- how he at the time had become so powerful. You know about Air and his, his relentless effort to sign Michael Jordan to give him everything they had and the basketball budget at Nike, then he gets fired at Nike some years later, goes to the competitor Adidas, and then makes the run for LeBron James. How somebody like this, and and Mark, you probably have more knowledge about stuff like this. You know, you, I know you don't travel the AAU circuit big time like these guys were, but how Sonny Vaccaro became such an instrumental factor in determining where players go what teams they sign with, in a sense, and who goes to Nike or Adidas because he was the most powerful player for many, many years. He's not doing it anymore, of course, but at the time. Uh, I think he was credited for starting the All-Star Games, right? That, that yeah, the, was it the AB, whatever it's called? Well, the uh, all, all these games now, like Under Armour has their own game, and Nike has, mm-hmm. like, he was credited with, with all, like, starting that Um I, didn't he start the did he start the Dapper Dan? Yes. So that okay. That's that kind of the what, time was that's the what big launched one. everything. And then he and then he got to the was it I I'm gonna get my alphabet wrong. A B C D L or something like that. That became the premier game to get get all these big time high school players to come to the uh to that game uh, to be seen and so forth. But it's just you know, to go deep into this, the money that was thrown around and the the gear that because he used to just give it out free you know and and obviously it benefited nike if you saw at the end of the show how much they made off the uh sneakers that were worn by michael jordan yeah oh yeah so uh ben affleck at the end of the movie phil knight says they you know when they gave in to jordan and they he got a percentage which by the way was never in the movie but i did some research it was like five percent of every sale went to jordan according to reports mom was so Phil Knight said it was like they. W- what's the worst that could happen? We haven't, ma- you know, the most we ever made on a sneaker was like three million, and they cleared like 165 million in that first year, 
So they made a killing. The part I always had, the problem I had with the movie was if you if it's a multi-billion dollar business, which it was, I understand that the basketball division was taking a loss. But if you're a multi-billion dollar business, why not throw a little money at it, right? Like they could only get $250,000 a year to get a player. Why not why not double or even triple that? And it's just a drop in the bucket for the Nike Corporation. One of the things that I really enjoyed, you remember when they felt they had no chance for Jordan and they're in that conference room, so they're throwing names around. Mel Turpin. <laughs> you got build a career. But what if they had done Charles Barkley? They, of course, had no idea that Barkley, because that was one of the names that right. was there, but they had no idea that Barkley would become the character that he is today. Could they have possibly? Because he had Barkley actually had a pretty good basketball NBA sure. career, but he didn't win championships right. like Jordan. Right. But it's amazing, not amazing, but that Sonny Vaccaro saw the vision of Michael Jordan at the time just by watching some video of him. Because you know who knew at North Carolina, he was just one of many great players there: James Worthy, Sam Perkins. I mean, it was a really, really good team. But to spotlight what. To base your whole salary or your whole money, the 250000 or whatever it was, to give to the one player to get him signed on for five years. I mean, what vision to do something like that? What a gamble. And it paid off. Was that part accurate? That yeah. that Vaccaro saw in Jordan what everybody sees today? That he had the – because they – I mean, they, they made us think that, but basically all he did was watch that one play in the movie, right. and they're like – well, I mean, he definitely had to lobby for it. I mean, you got to think, this is back when Michael Jordan went third in the NBA draft. Right. Know, knowing what we know now, he'd be for sure the number one pick, and there'd probably be people trying to trade up to get that pick to take him. So, right, yeah, but I mean, everyone but, knew that Michael Jordan was legit. I don't know if no but, one knew he was going to be the greatest player of all time. Right. And that was, the, that was the whole thing with Converse, right? Like, come to Converse and you'll be among the – Elite and Sonny Vaccaro and, the, and and Mom are like, no, he's going to be better than them. Well, how many people actually thought Michael Jordan was going to be better right. than well, those guys know, at that point in his career? The answer was none. not many. None. Did Sonny Vaccaro know, or did we just Hollywoodize that? And look, that's a lot of the reason why I think people view Michael Jordan in the way that he does uh, that we do today, because. He was brand the first player to ever be branded in that way, sure, and publicized and marketed in that way, and his play definitely lived up to it. But the way that Nike marketed him and basically created their whole line around him and didn't have him be part of their line, it just added to the mythos of a uh, Michael Jordan. But eighty percent, according to Sonny Vaccaro, of the movie era was accurate. I'm gonna guess. To your question, that that part of it was accurate on Vaccaro. I don't know what was sensationalized. I don't know what was Hollywoodish, but I'm guessing that Vaccaro, because he was a very very powerful person at that time in well basketball, and I think he could pinpoint because you know as far as generational, you know he he also went after Kobe Bryant. You know when Kobe was in high school to try to sign him up, so. I think he had a knack for spotting uh, talent. And, you know, you look at that draft. I mean, I you can't fault Houston that year for taking Elijah Wana. You just can't. Sam Bowie, eh, you know, that they, they 
went with him at number two, Portland did, rather than, you know, Jordan, because of the height. The guy was seven foot, whatever. And so, you know, I, I see where, where that. But obviously, you know, the Chicago Bulls taking Jordan, it changed the whole franchise around. But you know what? It took about seven years for them to win a title with him. It wasn't like instant. You know, the uh, other than the, the budget part that I had mentioned, you know, seven minutes ago or whatever about, why, why didn't they throw more money at the basketball division if they're a multi-billion dollar business? The other part that they skimmed over at the end, if you remember, was um, Peter Moore, the guy that developed the shoe. I thought it was really fascinating how they got rid of the swoosh and just he's the one that came up with the the, the silhouette of Jordan. Jump, man. I would have yeah. liked to have seen that part of it. Like, sure. you know, because they were like Air Jordan and Ben Affleck. I was like, ah, maybe it'll grow on me. Like that kind of stuff I thought worked. I was – I would have liked to have seen that part of it play out a little bit. Yeah. I also yeah. wanted to see at the end of the movie, like when Phil Knight really took to all this, maybe a little bit more. That's the one part. I, all of a sudden, he changed his mind and said, yeah, let's go for it. Let's do this. Let's do that. I, I was curious. I know it, it basically showed him running and changing his mind, but I would have liked to have seen a little bit more what went into his decision to change his mind so he was so adamant against it in the beginning to shelling out all this money for just one player and then coming in with this new offer yeah. to make sure they got him. For a movie where we all knew exactly what was going to happen throughout the entire movie, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. But, see, now I'm thinking, right, the cast made it great. What what other, like, iconic moment in sports do you think we need to now make a movie of and get some A-list actors behind it? Where it's just, like, one moment. Right. Mm. Um. A Malice at the Palace movie could be pretty awesome. <laughs> well, we've, we've seen a documentary on that. What about, of course, there's always been a movie already on Tom Brady, which is a fictionalized type thing, but what about him leaving New England and then hooking up with Tampa? Hmm. And that wasn't even his original destination because you heard other, is, would that be something that would be intriguing but, uh, enough? No, I think it has to be something that transcends the, like, bigger than the moment. Like, Miracle was about that one game, right? Like, we made it about that team, but that movie was about that one. I mean, that team was about that one moment. Um, but I'd like, like all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Right, right. Yeah, it wasn't with like Brady, the Michael Jordan movie. See, I would have, I'd like to see a movie like that with behind-the-scenes with Brady and Kraft and Belichick and him deciding to leave after the, the 20 years and all the Super Bowls and what went behind the scenes as far as I'm actually hooking up with Tampa, whereas the, the thought, because it, if, if, if he didn't win the Super Bowl with Tampa, then maybe it wouldn't be so great. But the fact that he did, to leave New England like he did and go on and then win a Super Bowl, I think would be an intriguing story, hmm. more so than the four females <laughs> who who went to see him play? What the, that movie? That's is that I'm is that now streaming or is that uh, still out there? Sally Fields, eighty for Brady. Eighty for Brady. It's probably still streaming. I guess uh, you can I, probably rent it. I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe catch that on like a Paramount Plus. I would bet. What about the Flake Gate? Speaking of Brady, I think that'd probably oh, be more yeah. interesting. Now than, we're talking. Yeah, that'd be more interesting than why you're why he's leaving. Um, a single. I'm trying to think of like the biggest moments. All right, what about the? Um, what if you did a movie 
on um, um, Franco Harris and the um, Immaculate Reception. Like a, that was one moment. No, the reaction I'm getting well, into. Well, it's just that I've seen so many things on it that I, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. Someone said a Tiger Woods movie would be great. Oh yeah, get Cuba Gooding Jr. up in there. Is it? Too I got ants on my wall, that, that's, Jerry. That's a perfect casting, right? But is it too soon? Someone said the Kick Six. Ooh. But see, it's like, what would the movie? Like, what's the storyline of the movie? Just the lead up to that game. Auburn coach would be like, all right, look, if we need, uh, like, here's what we're going to do. If they need a game-winning field goal from really far, we're going to put a guy back there. And scene. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I know exactly. <laughs> I, 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 uh, that, that, that one's tough. Um, it, I feel like it's got to be like a crazy business move, right? Yeah. Like a crazy trade or or something like that. All right, some the, controversial how about thing. Like, so when the Saints gave up, not that it's a real sexy, but what, when the Saints gave up the whole draft for Ricky Williams, like something of that, like, magnitude, right. like, where it's just like, what are you all doing? Well, well they, they already, they already made the New Orleans that. Saints movie. I'll oh, give yeah. you a better one. If you really wanted to get into <laughs> something was when the Giants wound up with Eli Manning when he was originally supposed to go to San Diego and how the dad kind of got involved in this and, and all that went down as far as... Uh, San Diego was supposed to take uh, Manning, and then he, they wound up with Philip Rivers. I think that would be more intriguing as far as the draft. Did you guys see what the next uh, Will Ferrell comedy is going to be about? What is it? It's about he's a professional golfer, and he goes to the live tour from the <laughs> PGA. <laughs> so, I'm already laughing. I'm in. So, yeah, there's, there's a uh, – that's a pretty big deal that, that they're making into a movie. Uh, on Twitter, uh, John Sharp reached out to me on Twitter. How about uh, Gibson's home run in 88, Lee? To make a movie about it, yeah. though? I mean, we did I'm the not whole— sure. I'm not sure. Sh- Billy I'd Crystal wa- could attach. He's yeah, got I'd a thing for it. baseball what and home runs. about the Antonio Brown movie? I'd watch it, but I don't know if that would have a, a massive appeal. Um, no, I, I, I can't. That's— you, I mean, you could project a lot of home runs. We saw – did the Maris Mantle, the Crystal movie on Maris Mantle, do well? See, I don't know. If, 61, if I think it was – Is that well-received? Yeah, I thought it was very well-received. But received. that was over a whole season. All that went on, you know, during the whole season and the personalities and how the Yankee fans galvanized towards Mantle and kind of were unreceptive to Maris. Uh, you know, just a one incident, one type home run – uh, which wasn't even a walk-off home run, uh, you know, to win. I, I don't know if it would go over it. For me, it would because I'm a baseball fan. You know what's a good underrated sports movie? We Are Marshall. It is. That's it, a good one. Uh, yeah. I saw that it was stream uh, back on streaming platforms. Funerals in today. I like it. All right, one final segment. By the way, some uh, breaking news from SI. Their swimsuit edi- uh, edition, their cover models have been named. One of them may surprise you. <laughs> now I'm excited. Uh, okay. Let's see how excited you are when I make the announcement when we come back. Yeah. It's different.
Hey, this is AJ McCarron, and you're listening to WNSD. Good one here. Um, someone said the SMU death penalty, like how that came about. I would watch that like a movie, and it's hard to differentiate those, like what a movie would do for you, as opposed to what. Because so, a lot of things that we're talking about have been there have been so many documentaries and thirty for thirties and all that kind of stuff. So it would be hard uh, to maybe try to reinvent it, for lack of a better term. But I like that idea. You know, Mark. Doesn't it also boil down to cast? Because like if you th- if you put together the movie on air, yeah, if you don't have the dynamite right. cast, see, I I don't know if I would have been that into it had it not been for not. the characters. Um, it's one thing to say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go back in history, because like you said, I've already seen documentaries on all this stuff. You mentioned the SMU uh, and so forth. There've been docu- so many documentaries, which is real life. If you're going to put together a movie like this, I think you have to have star power. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's doable. I mean, look, look at Miracle. I mean, how many how many documentaries have there been on that U.S. hockey team? And they went ahead and made a, a movie about it, and it it was very well received. Um, all right. Uh, I think anytime we beat the uh, Russians, it's going to be well received. <laughs> I mean, you know, if, whether it's U.S. hockey, if it's Rocky, if Rocky beats Drago, if if yes, absolutely. If uh, if Adonis Creed beats Victor Drago, I mean it's uh it's it's us against them, man. SI announced their uh, swimsuit cover models, Lee. Well, isn't the uh, LSU girl the gymnast? Isn't she involved? Or I know what the basketball player is, Reese. Isn't, yeah, but isn't the cover models, like she'll be in it. But the cover models, are you? Nick was uh was going to be excited about this, so I wanted to see if, if Nick was available. He seems to be on the phone right now. So one of them, he's not, he's not listening. He's on the phone with somebody right now. One of them is Megan Fox. I'm not sure if you're familiar with I'm Megan. Familiar. I'm yeah. familiar with her. Uh, she's a very talented actress. Well, She was in the original Transformers. That's your opinion. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody would argue with that opinion. Would you guys argue with that opinion? You say talented. I mean, I is she up yeah. for something that I don't know about? Uh, swimsuit model, cover model. Okay, fine. Uh, one of the other, so Megan Fox is one of the cover models, as we, uh, but. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. One of the other ones, athlete. how about, how do you feel? Martha Stewart. It's just been announced as a cover model for the SI edition. I'm down. she wearing her kitchen apron? It would, is that what you want to see, Lee, the, the kitchen I apron? I want to tell you something. When I had I Sports Illustrated athlete. for all the years, <laughs> I personally did not want the swimsuit issue. I didn't have them send it to me because I could care less. You just you, you didn't think the articles were very good in that edition? <laughs> That's a way of putting it. I remember when they did like the naked body issue and Serge Ibaka was on there. Yeah. But naked. So Martha Stewart, one of the 2023 cover models. So why, though? Uh, I ask the Sports Illustrated um, <laughs> reps. Yeah. Um, because ha- have they have the cover athletes before not been athletes? I don't really. I'm not subscribed to Sports Illustrated. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've subscribed to any magazine. Um, I thought you were gonna. See, I mean, shoot, if we're putting Megan Fox and Martha Stewart on there, then I guess anyone can really get on there, right? Any woman, or I guess it could be a <laughs> man. Yeah. 
Uh, Martha Stewart is now 81 years old, and she'll be the oldest SI swimsuit cover model in the history of the publication. What do you think they're going to look like? Well, she'll, she'll look good. They'll make her look like good. Like you think she's going to kill it? There is one picture. Oh, is there a leak? No, I think it was a PR move. I think they have like these pictures of uh of the covers. Um She has a big wrap on. And then in the other picture, like the gallery, she's got the biggest hat in the history of the world on. Like well, the biggest hat. Like it could it might be able to cover a state. It's just one of those things that just never intrigued me. Like I said, when I had Sports Illustrated, which I did for many, many years. I would always tell them, don't send me that. Just extend my f- membership to another issue. It, I, it, it did nothing for me to get that issue. So I I, I couldn't care less about uh, – I wanted to read stories, articles. That's why I subscribed to it. I wasn't so concerned about pictures. We need to make a – But a, a picture's worth a thousand words, Lee. We need nah, to make a WNSP you, swimsuit uh, Like calendar a calendar. We should do a, the, the WNSP calendar. Yeah, I'm sure that will be a big seller. Do we use, like, WNSP personalities or – yeah. Just Lee there just standing there just holding up, like, one Chick-fil-A gift card. Oh, listen to you. <laughs> and what are they going to have you doing? Nah, that'll, I'll have to raise the price on the calendar if I'm in it too much. The 12, the 12, the 12 sweatshirts of Lee, and every month it's, a, it's Lee with a different sweatshirt on. No, every month it's one less sweatshirt, and when you get to December. <laughs> <laughs> what, do I just wear a Santa hat? Yeah. Someone said a Pat Tillman movie. That could be good. I thought there yeah. was one out now, who, on that. Who are you getting to play Pat Tillman? It's all about the cast. Is that like a Bradley Cooper? I thought I I thought there's been something out on him before, no? There's definitely been a documentary on it. I know that. I think you might need a little bit bigger guy on than uh Bradley Cooper for Pat Tillman. I mean, it's a great story, don't get me wrong, and it's one that I would certainly be interested get Chris in. Chris Pratt in there, maybe? But it's been, I think it's been out there before, at least a documentary on him. I think uh, Bradley um, Chris Pratt, I think he's going to have to get a, uh, I think he's going to have to commit. What was the line in Guardians of the Galaxy? He was going to get a, uh, wasn't a Peloton, what was it? He was going to have to commit when they were making fun of his uh, his size. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'll have to you go need back to go see watch. that third one, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I might walk out with a heavy heart. It was better than Air. I'll say that. The movie, for those that just getting in. All right, we're back at it tomorrow uh, for Triple G and for Lee. I'm Mark. It's the opening kickoff until 6 a.m. tomorrow. See ya!